Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. And on today's episode, my guest is Lou Boldenflet, gin enthusiast living in Sussex, England. And I am so excited because today we are going to talk about our love of gin. Welcome, Lou. But first, as with all episodes... Let's start by sharing what we are drinking today. And Lou, since you're my guest, you get to go first. What are you drinking? I'm a traditionalist. I'd be icing a slice, you know, with my gin and tonic. But I'm actually going with a Navy strength called Fireship on the Thunderflower. And I'm having it with blood orange and raspberry. Ooh. I'm getting the nice potency of the gin. It's got some really nice botanicals in it. And then just something a little bit fruity for this weather, almost like a cold mold gin kind of flavorings going on. Usually I'm the one with the super fancy cocktails. And today I thought I'd be in the spirit, you know, just traditional, just a gin and tonic with a slice of lime. And I, you know, now I feel like, man, I really should have stepped her up for today. But yeah, so mine is called Seaside Gin and it's a Canadian gin on the West Coast and it's made by Sheringham Distillery. It's quite lovely. Has a little bit of seaweed mixed into it. So it's kind of... Very nice. I mean, a little hit of the ocean there. Well, what I love about this one is this is something fairly new that they only produced in the last year or two. And I actually have a bottle from the first batch. This is going to remain in the favoured collection that it's a true new one, but it's fast becoming a favourite. Awesome. That's one. Okay. So we could <laughs> we could talk gin all, all day. day long because we're both so enthusiastic about it. But let's start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The very best place to start. Right. What Obviously. is your first memory of gin? My upbringing is I was the daughter of you know diplomatic circles. So for me, it was part of a routine six o'clock, sun's over the yard arm. You know, that's part of the, the workday ends and the gin gets bored. So from a quite young age, if my parents were having parties, as long as we stayed up and kept quiet, we were expected to take nibbles, trays of drinks around and things like that. And my first conscious, I put this in, my first conscious memory of drinking gin, as opposed to potentially just mind sweeping, which, you know, all kids do given the opportunity, was preparing drinks in the kitchen, my parents having a party, and I wanted to look like a grown up. So I had lemonade in the same looking glass with a slice and uh, I'd made a gin for the very big boss's wife. And somebody had distracted me. I'd turned around, I'd grabbed the glass. It was a hot day. We're in, in Turkey, in Istanbul. So, you know, we're all saying we're doing it for the medicine, for the quinine, for the malaria. You know, it's a good thing that we drink gin and tonic. I just drank this drink. I was like, that's a really strange tasting lemonade. But okay, I kind of like it. I don't remember getting this one from the supermarket. And then the consul general's wife going, she had a very strange tasting gin, which was a lot sweeter than she was expecting. So what we've realized is I drunk her drink by mistake and given her my lemonade. And I think from there, that's where the passion began, really. And how old were you? Eleven. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I'm assuming you took a little break from drinking gin from 11 until you were a little bit older. (laughs) A little bit older. Yeah. I think part of it is because parents have always treated alcohol as not a taboo subject. Right. You know, they'd rather if we were going to drink, then they'd rather know where we were. So if we wanted to try something, it was never a no. It was okay, but you're going to do it with us. And it's in moderation. Find the spirits you like. So probably around 16, I used to drink a lot of martini, rosso and lemonade. (laughs) 
which I don't know if you get Martini Rosso over there, but it's a dark martini. It's almost like drinking Coke and lemonade mixed together, sort of gingerish. And I couldn't afford a lot of gin in my youth. So I used to experiment with bad gin and what could I put in it to make it taste better. But Ever since I sort of developed my own income and started traveling, I've always tried to find gins that are local to where I am. I'll go on distillery tours. I'll pick up something that you can't get in a supermarket. And my parents also have this passion for gin. You know, it's this lasting bond between us. If we've got something to discuss, some important family matter between my parents and I, the usual discussion is one of us will turn up with a bottle of gin and say, shall we have a libation? And the moment you hear the words, shall we have a libation? You think, okay, what's coming next? (laughs) (laughs) They were telling me they were going on a cruise for months. We were telling them we were getting a puppy. But yeah, it's just a general, let's have a libation. Let's have this thing with my parents that I feel really proud to have a relationship with my parents where we can just sit and talk about gin and swap gins between each other it's a running joke at christmas about the different varieties we all get at christmas presents which as i said led on to one of the infamous gin tastings right which i wanted to talk about so tell me about the infamous gin tastings and your genanigans and where all that came about my parents realized that you know they had a rather large selection of gin you know it became a running game let's find the most obscure or different gins rather than just drinking the same sort of tankery or gordon's but my parents were spending a lot of time with the neighbours and they were like, well, but we don't like gin. My parents were like, but gin is wonderful. It's just such a nice summery drink. And, you know, when the sun's out, you're sitting down at the bottom of the garden. Why wouldn't you drink gin? And the point was, my parents were trying to say to people is, it's not that you don't like gin. You just haven't found a gin you like yet. So we're going to have a dinner party, get people to eat first. You know, we're not doing food. You know, <laughs> we're not wasting time with food. There'll be little snacks and nibbles provided. But yeah, we're not wasting time with food. We're going to get a whole bunch of different gins. And I think by the final count, my parents had 14 different gins. Wow. That they'd found, you know, different bottles, different distilleries, some that you can get in supermarkets, some lesser known that they'd picked up or we'd picked up on travels. And they got me to put together this tasting note booklet. They designed a front cover logo and, you know, we put an introduction to the gins. We had pictures of all the different bottles, the tasting notes, the recommended garnish, space for people to write their own notes about the gins, a little thing on the back, and we had sort of printed up all the different garnishes on the dining table. And my mum had gone out to the charity shops, or sorry, my mum had dragged me to a load of charity shops to get shot glasses. (laughs) So we drank every local charity shop for shot glasses. So, you know, the, the whole idea was people could take a little sip of it neat and then put a little bit of tonic. And if they liked it, they had a full one. And first of all, they were meant to look at this booklet and go, right, I'm going to look at the notes on the gins and you know, I'm going to research it. And that's the one I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to find a gin that I think I'm going to like. So we had some dry gins. We had some, you know, fruity-ish gins, a real mix. And my mum had this plan to perfection, you know, a new doormat that said, knock, knock, it's gin o'clock. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely everything sorted. And what actually happened, the nibbles were laid out, the dogs were kept out the way. And everyone just sort of came up to the stable and she got little forks for all the garnishes and people just basically started at one end of the table and just worked their way down. <laughs> so instead of all this beautiful plan of all the nice bottles is that, yeah, people just started at the left, which I think was botanist. And then we had bulldog. And yeah, so we had some nice bottles. There was gin mare. There was actually Karoon, which is a nice Scottish gin that was really new at the time. You can now get it in Sainsbury's. But at the time you couldn't. Sipsmith, which my mum had used for the photo. Oh. She'd used the VJOP. 
which was their version of Navy strength, very juniper overproof instead of VSOP, a pun on the brandy. And all the way down at the end of the evening, I mean, I found one chap half asleep halfway up the stairs because he wasn't a gin drinker. I think he'd managed an entire three gins and that was just way past his tolerance. So he just halfway up the stairs, the lights were off. I'd gone upstairs to go and get somebody's coat and literally just stumbled across him asleep halfway up the stairs, leaning on the stair rail. There were a few other people who just slurring by the end of it and they couldn't tell me what their favorite gin was other than it was in a strange bottle it's like that's not gonna narrow it down and my mum was like well we're not doing food so people aren't gonna stay that late and I think the last people we were clearing up about one o'clock in the morning and we'd started at seven and you know we're having to recycle the glasses my brother-in-law and I were sitting up at three o'clock in the morning finishing off a bottle of Plymouth gin because that was both of our favorites just really nice lime oh it's a really nice gin and my wife the next morning she likes gin she's always been a very much tankery it's her favorite that's what she liked since getting together with me this is part of our collection (laughs) you know introduced her to the more again finding people who don't know about gin or just think they don't like it it's like no 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 you just haven't found the right gin okay and that actually brings me to the point of what your top five if we have time favorite obscure gins are and they don't necessarily have to be in order of one to five but just five of your top fave gins and why oh and remember we're only on audio not video okay yeah i don't know if that helps or makes it harder actually because then you could like look at the collection i think one of my favorites is always going to be brighton gin i think just because i know the people who do it i know how personal it is to them and how much research went into making it you know, a really good gin. You know, they spent months putting it together, putting all the different botanicals. And it's a really simple thing. You know, it's not overloaded. It's all done by hand. But my favorite, favorite thing about it, it's a complete unique selling point, and I love it, is it has milk thistle in it. Now, milk thistle is actually a detox agent that's good for your liver. So, (laughs) exactly. So it's good for you. It's helping prevent the hangover before it starts. It's just a beautiful gin with an orange. So it's, it's got a nice citrus hint to it. And they call it their pavilion strength. And they actually got permission from Brighton. So I don't, you've not been to Brighton, but in Brighton, everything has a particular green paint on it. It's like this whole citywide thing. And what they did was they got permission to get the exact hue of the Brighton paint, like onto their wax cap and onto their labels. And then because there's a really famous bit in Brighton called the pavilion, and that's what they called their Navy strength was actually pavilion strength rather than just calling it Navy strength. So. All right, and that's so, really good with a slice of lime. Awesome. Okay, so Brighton's number one. What's next? I think I'm going to have to go at the moment, the Thunderflower. Mm. Thunderflower, yeah. Which my wife bought when we were down in Devon. We've gone to Dartington, which is where they make all the crystal. They had their own still. And I bought a bottle of the Dartington. You know, they had three different ones to try. Peppercorny one, a herbly one, and just a plain London dry. And I kept insisting, you know, it's early in the morning. There's a theme to me testing gins in the morning. <laughs> it seems to be, <laughs> you know, we've gone out. And they're like, try these gins. I was like, the London Dry is great. Yeah, sold. And I'll but try the other two. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm happy with the London Dry. That's definitely right up there. Plymouth Gin, I think I spent six years living in Plymouth. I've got strong connections with the area. Obviously, it's been around since I think like the 1700s. Like really old. Yeah, old. Yeah, it's a really old gin. When you go to the distillery, it's all on the cobblestones. You know, you can't have mobile phones or anything in there because the ignition and it's kept really private. But there's history with monks and everything like that there. And I think that's got to be up there for Plymouth Gin. For one, you can get centrally now. You couldn't. You could only get it 
like on Amazon and things like that, and has now turned into being available in supermarkets. So I think Plymouth. So that how many is that? That's three, isn't it? We've done Brighton, Brighton, Timmouth, Timmouth, the Thunderflower, Thunderflower and, and Plymouth. Plymouth. I'm going to go with the Cumberland. So there's a story to the Cumberland Gin. In fact, it's called Cumberland Saucy Gin from Chestnut House. And what this is, this was an accidental find. My parents had this like timeshare thing with the company and you could go and have a week anywhere. So they said, right, you need a break. We're going to give you a week's holiday in the Lake District. Self-catering, but, you know, Beatrix Potter country, everything up there is beautiful. And I was Googling what's good up there. I mean, you had the Lake Sisters distillery up there and what the lakes was, they wanted to make whiskey. So they found a river that was really, really good for whiskey. But whiskey takes a couple of years to mature. So they were trying to make gin and vodka in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely gin. It's a lovely, lovely dry gin. But while we were Googling gin, I was like, there's a shop up there that has 400 gins. That sounds like my kind of place. So we're Googling where to find it. And you could do like this river cruise where you could park up and get this boat to go around. But we'd gone in February. It wasn't going to be warm and there wasn't going to be river cruising yeah. in February. <laughs> yeah, so we're like, right, we're going to walk there and we're going to buy some gin and then we'll maybe take a walk. And we sort of found this shop and just walked in and it was wall to wall with big gins and miniatures. And they had it all set up with local gins and Scottish gins and English oh. gins and overseas gins and fruity gins. And so what we don't do is we won't sell you anything you can get in a supermarket. That's not who we are. We will go out of our way to find good gins. And what they've done is because they were so passionate about our gin, they'd actually made an agreement with a local distillery to make gin to their own specification. Wow. Which was based around the Cumberland source. So red currants and things like that. So a, a nice gin, a little bit fruity. And this is pre-COVID. So what they said is any gins here, we can pretty much open. We've got a lot of ones open. But if there's anything you really, really want to try and it isn't open, we'll open it for you because somebody's going to try it. Right. and we were probably in there for about nearly an hour i think obviously in between serving other customers but i had seven gins Ooh, in I, an hour. that i tried <laughs> and again this is at about 10 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and i ended up buying sort of four different gins one of which was one of their own because my mum wanted gins for the gin tasting right so i i got this one and it was one that we turned out every time i've gone there my parents are like, can you grab us another bottle of that? Because it's just so good. Mm. And their labeling was so basic. I mean, it is literally just Cumberland saucy gin. Yeah, fancy with, by any means. It is not fancy by any means, but it belies the beauty of the gin within. And I just love it. I love the shop. I love the fact that they were so passionate about it. They got their own gin made, bottled locally, made locally. They sell it in their shop. You can buy it online, but I think that's pretty much the only place I can get it is if I go to the Lake District. And, you know, we have to make the excuse. We don't know where to go. Should we go to the lakes just so we can go back to that gin shop? Yeah, it's got to be up there. <laughs> I would definitely be going to that gin shop. I probably would stay more than an hour <laughs> and not yeah, make a walk as I leave. <laughs> I mean, I did get a couple from them, a couple of different ones, one of which was from like the Isle of Manx and just getting a few odd ones. But yeah, that's... Are we up to five? I think we need one more. That's four. I think we need one more. So I think what I have to do is, because they're all really niche ones, which I love, but if we are going to talk about one that people would probably know about, I'm going to say as a classic gin that you can get everywhere and can't go wrong with is probably going to be Tanqueray. That's our go-to. I think as a go-to, you know, if I don't know what I want, I mean, I've got Sipsmith, which is lovely, but that's kind of treating myself and it is lovely. And the VGOP, which is their Navy strength, is really, really nice. But yeah, as a classic, you can't really go wrong with Tanqueray. Absolutely. And that's the same with me. When I don't know what I want, that's usually, okay, I'm just going to stick with that for today. 
<laughs> and then we have our special occasion gins, right? Or our fancy yeah. gins or the obscure gins that you just treat yourself with. But for the day to day, it's kind of, let's just stick to tank. Yeah. Now of all those, I've only actually ever had tanker ice. So I look forward to uh, coming <laughs> well, to visit you, and trying all those other ones. You're going to have to come to the UK and go to the Lake District. Or if you're coming anywhere near Gatwick Airport. And yes, that's where we fly into. You're here Monday to Friday. We'll have to book a distillery tour down to Brighton. Oh, believe me. That'll be on my first stop for sure. Even though they're in Hove, actually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're uh, getting to the end here and we've already shared quite oh. a few incident stories. But what's your best incident story that you have not shared yet? I was a medic in the army and every year it used to be quite a small thing. There's the army versus the Navy rugby match. Uh, and it becomes a very, it used to just be for the people in the forces who would go. And then they sort of opened it up and now it's become quite a big thing. And the last group we went, my brother-in-law who used to work with the Marine cadets and they have friends in the Navy and the Marines. And I've got a couple of friends with ex-army. It becomes a bit of a big gang. I think there were 36 of us in the last groups that went. Wow and so yeah but usually there's a bit of pre-gaming so we usually meet up the night before and have a few drinks and then we meet up at the train station have breakfast and then get on the train and the train games begin or be gin and so one of the good ones is i sit there and a lot of them are drinking beer and a lot of drinking cider and one of my dirty little secrets is to have gin in a can because if i'm drinking and i'm drinking a lot of it i can drink it all day as long as it's got the right amount of mixer and it isn't too warm so I will take gins in a can, which one of the officers thought he's in there going, why am I being offered a lukewarm beer when, you know, we're sitting there and there's like very civilized. Would you like a gin and tonic, sir? Absolutely. Marvelous. Now you're talking my language. But one of the train games was at a station, get off the train, run around to the doors on the other end of the carriage and try and get through. And equally, we had little soldier figurines. Right. So when the call went out, you had to adopt the pose of your little soldier figurine. <laughs> and, uh, the last person to adopt the pose was fined. And yeah, the fine was Seville Orange Tankery Tonic to drink as a shot. Yeah. <laughs> so the bottle of gin did not last the train journey from where we are in Sussex up to Twickenham because it was consumed in a lot of train drinking games. But I was drinking gin anyway. So... <laughs> It was kind of a gin on gin, blue on blue. But yeah, there was a few people who weren't hardened gin drinkers and did suffer a little bit by the time we got to them because you can't take any alcohol in with you. So you had to finish it. There are a few photos that will not be seen on public of us necking bottles of Prosecco or <laughs> finish off the cans of gin and tonic, which was actually easier to drink quickly than that. But mm. I all equally have a habit of being quite sneaky, of sneaking alcohol yes. into places. I have a tip um, if you've never tried this. Use a water bottle. Yep. It works perfect. You can fill a water bottle up with your gin and tonic and so easily because it's clear. Well, yeah. So when I took part in a London Pride March with the army and it was a very hot day and they'd forgotten to give us water, they normally set up a van that drives us part of the parade and we can get water bottles. We had some RMPs, which are regimental military police as part of our contingent. And it was a really hot day. And one of the wives who was marching with us so they could help you know, bring us water mm -hmm. and things like that. She wasn't in the army. Yeah, it was a case of, oh, I've got you a bottle of something to drink. And what we had to hide it from our faces because you're not allowed to drink in uniform That's... is the fact that she's got a litre bottle of gin and tonic that was mixed up and we were passing it around ourselves. It was a litre bottle of gin and tonic that, yeah, we were drinking and the military police are just like, just don't say anything. Just, oh, yeah. just 
Yeah. yeah, if you don't tell us, we can't right. tell you anything no. about it. <laughs> so we're going to have to wrap it up. And there you have it. You know, everything you wanted to learn about, about Lou and gins and cool shenanigans and having your own gin <laughs> club and tastings. You know, <laughs> learned a lot today. So thank you so much, Lou, for being here. I've absolutely loved it. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to have you come back and we'll just continue on the conversation. That would be my pleasure. Yes. I'm sure by then I'll have some more Dinanigan stories I'm as well. I'm sure you will. And <laughs> I need to get in on your Zoom mailing. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to get them posted because we send little snacks. So from Scotland, right. we get things like tablet and iron brew and chocolate and All right. things uh, like that. We'll find a way. <laughs> I will find a way. I guarantee you, I will find a way. Okay, and be sure to check out the show notes for links to Lou, if she so desires, and the ginshop.ca for all your gin-tastic clothing and gin novelty needs. And until next time, remember, water is especially good when it's frozen and surrounded by gin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, drop us a note heather at the ginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be ginned.